Oh my God. These levels. <laughs> and I, we did record. We are recording. Well, we did realize it came to me. Yeah. Um, that the reason that we've been having so many technical difficulties is because Mercury was in retrograde. People don't realize. That's, That's I, like I couldn't buy a new computer because of Mercury in retrograde. How I didn't realize that like oh you're having all these problems with technical yeah you know computers equipment and stuff. It's funny because uh. because uh, I feel like a lot of times men are like uh, super super angry anti astrology and I'm like let <laughs> just let me have this okay. <laughs> I get it. I think fantasy football is stupid. Okay, I think that's a dumb waste of your time. Uh, but I let you have it. I'm letting you do this thing. Well, let me have astrology. You, I like it. You can it. use it to your advantage by blaming astrology for your problems. Yeah. All I want is to be like, oh, I see why I fought with my sister on Saturday. It's the moon's fault. Oh, the moon was the moon. intense. That was the day for everybody to be fighting. I... after Saturday I was like it's cool that I'm everybody's COVID punching bag because I feel like everybody in my life gets mad at COVID but like you can't yell at COVID so they just are to me like you never let me go anywhere and I'm like well because of COVID and they're like you're COVID you're the COVID and they're just mad at me so (laughs) yeah yeah everything's been a little bit hot it's been hot (laughs) it's been a hot it was a hot weekend I felt remarkably great all the la- all week like i expected to be really anxious and really really nervous for the election and i to be fair my therapist always says that he knows something is particularly traumatic for me if when i describe the situation after the fact i go wasn't my favorite he goes oh that that means it was really bad oh my god i am still having well i think i got ulcers oh god. from anxiety with covid and uh, just everything going on um, because I've had like a permanent upset stomach for the maybe the last two months mm. and then it really intensified this last week and I've just been like eating Tums yeah and um, then on election night the thing is is like I think because I was so worried about it about my mental health I I couldn't prevent it from happening, like my, the stress and the anxiety. I just worked myself up into knowing, like, I wasn't going to be able to handle it. So then I couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm building this up. I'm building it. Like, I could see the train coming right at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, 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 we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, like, why I couldn't come up with a self-care uh, regimen that would that would see me through um, that I just maybe I just, that's part of it is usually I'm very good about a self-care regimen yeah. and um, I have been so bored for nine months that maybe it felt good to have something to be melodramatic about for me like I kind of felt like correctly not even melodramatic right. actually just correctly emotional right. uh, because I, I was just like I'm not doing any self-care I'm gonna get on Twitter too much and I'm gonna text my hottest ex-boyfriend and I'm gonna eat uh, three pounds of candy. And uh, I, I was just like, I'm not doing any, self, any self-care, any self I'm just gonna spiral. And I was kind of like, ooh, fun. I haven't spiraled in so long. It's been a great, and that's what I did. I was on Twitter for, th- like literally today I was on Twitter and I was like, I think I've lost the ability to read. I'm actually scrolling and it's just like colors and shapes. And I'm just like, ah, oh, feels so good. Like nothing. 
you can't make a dent in anything anymore stress wise this is just what are we putting I, whipped cream on this Sunday? fine i had this like notion because i got home i took a i took a walk uh walk and talk meeting in the on the afternoon in the afternoon and then i got home and dave was already there and he was like already on his phone like checking results and i had this split second where I was like you know what we should just limit ourselves to looking once an hour like let's just Mm -hmm. look once an hour and I was like that would be more reasonable way to kind of manage the stress of this and then I was just like nope and I got no fuck that (laughs) yeah yeah that's very reasonable we're not doing that that's exactly like uh so we had like kind of a treat that night so Alex is a really good firefighting buddy of his that they fought fire for years together he uh lives part of the year in Nicaragua so he was trying he's been trying to go down to Nicaragua for like since fire season ended and they finally gave him the go ahead. So he's been quarantined for two weeks. He went and took a COVID test, got a negative result and then came straight here to stay the night with us. And then he flew out the next day to Nicaragua. But it was like the first time I've had someone in my house since March. Right. And uh, uh, it was so amazing and fun. So like we w- I was like, let's not watch a lot of the election coverage. But then, yeah, we put it on. We watched all, all night until like yeah. midnight and we watched all of it but also it was kind of later i told i so i haven't had anybody in the house but also like i haven't been like right now we're like six feet apart like you know everybody that you're around you're always being super careful with but we didn't have to do that with him we were just like sitting on the couch and hanging out and like talking and laughing and like not thinking about covid and not thinking about being careful at all and i told alex later i was like that was so intimate it felt like a threesome <laughs> like i feel like we had a threesome just sitting with somebody on the couch was like oh this is hot right are you guys super turned on we're just close we're just so and it made me think how like you know how appreciative I mean I know a lot of people are just living their regular lives and I kind of feel bad for them because I feel like COVID has made it so like you know it's like Victorian times like somebody could touch my ankle with their (laughs) ankle and I would come like I would just be like oh my god it's so it's so intense right now but it was crazy but it was also part of the reason I think I wasn't stressed as stressed out because it just felt so good to have someone else in the room. Like it just felt like such a little gift and such a treat. And also that way you're kind of like joking around and talking and, you know, instead of just being hyper aware of that, it was kind of like, it was like a little party. It was like, whoa. Also the threesome was amazing. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. There was no threesome. Calm down. My sister and my mom went to TJ Maxx, which was the first time that they'd been to a store, I think, since March. And they, I saw them yesterday because we were getting ready. We're getting ready for our holiday season and trying to make it COVID safe somewhat, which is so tricky in hospitality. Um, but anyway, they were like... <laughs> unpacking the bags like look at this we got these blankets can you believe this these blankets were 19.95 and they like pull it out (laughs) (laughs) it's like the it's like the shopping equivalent of a threesome where you're just like i'm gonna fuck this blanket i can't even imagine going to tj maxx and getting a blanket for 19.95 right now TJ Maxx was one of those places I love to just walk around and dissociate but pre-covid i would just go and you just walk around and like Run, run your hands down the aisles be like oh look at these little 
plates. These plates are only $7.95. I just like... Yeah, do I need Christmas plates? Well, maybe do I, I do. Do I need a whole set of Christmas plates? Yeah. Or if I was going to get new sunglasses, which sunglasses would I get? And I'd spend 20 minutes yeah. trying on different sunglasses. Just, just having a yuck, you know? <laughs> just having a long yuck at everything. Or purses. Oh. Like... Yeah. There's this whole aisle, and it's just all black purses. Like, Jeez. how many different ways can you have a black purse? Oh, here's all the ways. I always I have little feet, and mm-hmm. so you do too. Mm-hmm. I think we have the same size feet, size six, right? Yeah. Uh, I love TJ Maxx because they're like the store where like all the weird you know sizes nobody else gets. So I you can get like so many good stripper shoes at TJ Maxx because all the size sixes are just there for you. Mm-hmm. All the good weird high heels and uh, not that I've worn heels in <laughs> so long, almost a year now. But uh, I did wear a bra today, which I can tell. Very yeah, thank nice. You. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I went for a walk and. Um, I went down to Push Poor, who sponsors the podcast. They don't, but <laughs> Push and Poor, I should ask them. But they do in a way. They do. Um, but this is the first time I've had coffee in like five, because I went off coffee and I ordered a hot chocolate, but she was, we were yakking because uh, I used to do a show there. I go there, I used to go there all the time. And we were like talking and she made my usual drink. And when I left, I was like, oh, she put like I think four shots in that and which is what I used to drink and now I haven't had coffee so I drank like half of this and I am on fire <laughs> <laughs> why have totally you like, not been Rrr. drinking coffee well because I have this uh you know renal tubular acidosis thing going on and one of the big things is staying away from acidic things like tea and coffee so I would drink coffee and I'm like immediately feel like garbage yeah. and um so i'm trying not to like you know i there's a lot of stuff i can't have because it's acidic or makes your body more acidic but um but yeah uh i haven't had it in so long and it was and i haven't missed it it's not like i've been like oh i miss it so much i kind of was surprised that afterward i was like oh definitely this is poison <laughs> like as soon as i quit drinking it i didn't even go through like that i had like a little bit of headache for like a few days but immediately my body was like oh thank god because i've been drinking coffee since i was like 10 <sighs> And like, you know, like two cups a day. And even when I'm on, like when I'm on the road, I'll drink like the garbage hotel coffee in the lobby and, and I drink it before shows. Like I would probably have like, you know, a pot or two of coffee throughout the day. Cause I just would drink it all the time. And now that I don't drink it at all, like definitely poison for sure. Bad for your body. Like my body was like, Oh God, thank you. Yeah. Dave said to me the other day when I was complaining about my stomach, he's like, do you think that it could have anything to do with the coffee that you're drinking? And I was like, yeah, probably, but... But also, (laughs) shut up, Dave. Shut up. (laughs) I'm not changing that behavior. I can't give that up. It it, It was a little rough in the beginning just because I have a morning routine. I wake up. I go make Are coffee. Are you drinking lemon water now? No, because I can't. That <laughs> So my body can't process acidic foods and make them alkaline. That's like the issue, basically. So lemon water is worse. It's actually worse. It's really bad for my That's body. That's the thing that rich women who don't yeah. eat food drink. Yeah. And in it's always morning, in the morning I get up. I have my lemon water. I do some yoga. I, I do my gratitude list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I or used like to have a routine. Water? like that I would get up I would have coffee I would journal um I would meditate I would do a little yoga now that I don't have coffee in that routine the whole thing is fell, <laughs> falling apart I'm like I get up I like wander around for two hours going oh I don't I don't know I don't know yeah I would have to fill that with something it's I, I would think read it the would news, be you know, easier it was like, to give up alcohol than it would be for me to give up coffee yeah 
And that's, you know, I gave that up too. So it's like, what, yeah. what's left? My life Carbs. is just based on beverages pretty much. Yeah. LaCroix. Yeah. All that. You got all the good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No. Well, what about herbal tea? Uh, yeah, I can have herbal tea. Yeah. Yeah. So I have ginger tea. That's what I do now. I'll get up in the morning. I have a cup of ginger tea. And then I, then I like just wander around looking for purpose for about eight hours, <laughs> hoping something or someone will make me feel like I did pre-COVID. But, you know, it's, oh, you got a little wasp on yeah, you because you got these say. beautiful, colorful shoes. Don't get stung on the podcast. That's too much drama. That's too much drama for our listeners. (laughs) After after this week. Oh, did we ever explain what this is? Did we do that last week? Did we explain what Couple Skate is? Let's just do it again in case we have any new timers. So Couple Skate is a podcast. You can find it on my SoundCloud. Uh, There's old episodes and now there's three of the new ones up. But we had a podcast for uh, very many years together. It was kind of an early original Emma podcast. Early original Emma podcast. And was very popular and fun. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud and everywhere. But then we started doing it again. But then we didn't really tell people what we were doing. We just started doing these live streams and then we were like, why do we have to explain everything? Oh my God. (laughs) But yeah, you can find the old episodes on on SoundCloud and on iTunes and they're a lot of fun. And then also there's three or maybe even four now up. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so we met... Because of an old, of an old, now everything's old now that we're in COVID. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it was 20 an years ago. An <laughs> ancient storytelling. I, so I think we met through a storytelling event that you used to do. It was mm-hmm. like a monthly storytelling event. And I was a storyteller on that event. And then I went back and did the event a couple more times. And over the course of that, we became fast friends. Yeah. And you were always the host and really funny. And my stories were always humor <laughs> based tragedies incredible incredible <laughs> incredible stories we should you know what? i'll link it in the soundcloud because the joss always told the my favorite stories of the whole series where she's like and i i love it because when I, I remember one of the times when i was kind of like interviewing and trying to get like because we would try to like find stories from people you're like well i mean i don't know if it's much of a story but there's this time this ex-boyfriend maybe tried to murder me and i'm like there that's the one we'll take it it sounds like a keeper so see if you can work that in yeah yeah it was really fun and i never um that was i'm not a performer that was not something that i was interested in doing but i had a lot of fun and then i met you and so then we figured out a way that we could make our friendship performative yes which is my favorite thing to do (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually, it was just a good excuse to get together and see your friend yeah. and not have to make, like, some dinner plan. Yeah, and I don't know. We always had so much fun doing the podcast, and then we just sort of, like, got busy and stopped, and then with COVID, we were like, yeah, let's absolutely do this forever again. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I had, I went, just before this, I went for a walk with the person who now runs the storytelling thing right. and his husband and uh, Jody Eichelberger and um, Sam Payton, who are both amazing artists and friends, and we did the thing we started down uh in garden city and we ended up way past bsu because you're like talking and gossiping and yakking and just like going for it and then we were like whoa we have walked so far now we have to go back so we had quite a, a hoof this morning i've been doing so much solitary walking i almost only always walk by myself yeah i mean with the dogs obviously and i went on a walk uh, on on November 3rd and had the same experience. And I was like, this is genius. Why am I not doing all my meetings, walk and talk? Yeah. It's great. You're getting your exercise in, you're moving. So you're like, I feel like my brain is just more animated and yeah. 
available when I'm getting, when I'm moving like that. Also, I've noticed like with COVID, uh, I feel like my social skills are so weird mm -hmm. that there, there have been a lot of friends that I've been like, oh, let's meet for a picnic or something. And then you both are sitting there and you're like, so, so, <laughs> and it's just like this weird, but if you're walking, it kind of is like, I don't know, it's sort of made the, it made the conversation for us. We just like talked for an hour and 45 minutes, like nonstop, all of us just like going for it. So and did you check your steps? They told me they, I don't have a step thing, but they did. So they, but it's on, they were like, oh, we have the app. We'll have to tell you when we get home. So, cause I mean, none of us brought our phones, but yeah. But it felt like a lot of steps. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's probably 10,000 in an hour and 45 minutes on the green belt at a good pace. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have been walking yesterday. Uh, I want to make this into a short film. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful things. Let's stop. We have an airplane. Let's give it a second for the airplane. Not a super noisy one. Not a super noisy yeah, one. Yeah, not those jets that we've been having the last few weeks. Um, I, you know, this is a fairly, it's a diverse neighborhood, but there's also a lot of conservative people. And I was walking, there's this one spot I always walk past and there's two houses that have Trump flags. And then the one across had a Biden flag, but clearly it got stolen. Then they got another one and they put it like right on, up by their door. So um, it's like, you know, you can see like in this little pocket where you're, these people are probably fighting and stuff. Um, but I was walking past and uh, when I got kind of close, the, the woman, the wife called, like she called outside, the, the man was outside raking and she called, looks like Biden's gonna take it <laughs> from the Trump house. I should be clear, from the Trump house. She came out, she, she's carrying an iPad. She goes, looks like Biden gonna take it. He just grabbed Michigan. <laughs> grabbed is how yeah. she said it which was fantastic and then the, the guy like stops raking and he looked bummed and she came, she like from the porch opens her ipad starts reading the article uh, and, and like reading trump's quotes in it and he's standing there with his head on the rake just like looking super bummed and she's yelling across the yard like <laughs> like like these numbers and also like trump's like he said stop counting or maybe he said to keep counting or maybe they're doing a recount Sounds like fucking fascism to me. And it was just so satisfying. Most for them, you know, I understand the people who are like, hey, we got to forgive as a country. We got to move back together. And I'm like, yeah, give me a couple days. Give me a couple days. I'm going to walk past and enjoy this moment really thoroughly of like, oh, remember how you said fuck our feelings? <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Too much. I don't know. It's pretty hard but it was just to be a in Idaho moment. where you realize that like everybody is hard red, it's hard red. Ada and Ada County went red. Oh, I know. And I was just like, oh, I sort of hate everybody here. And I don't. And you know, I'm I lived in Arizona for many years, and I um, often call myself an Arizonan because I yeah. felt like it was really my home when I lived there. And they flipped the state blue. Yeah. And they have a, um, a governor now that's a Democrat. And they decriminalized marijuana. It's a cool state. We used to live in Flagstaff and are outside. Like it's been Flagstaff. really red in I like some horrendous ways. Yeah. For a long time. A long I time. mean, we, ha we had Sheriff Joe, who was terrible. Um, governor Brewer, who mm -hmm. was like that awful, like hacky smoker's voice. Yeah. Hideous, you know, friend of Trump. And so I just felt like that was where I felt heartened about. I did not feel heartened about Idaho at all. I felt I felt very disheartened and not disheartened, honestly, just kind of like I it's it's not news. I've been watching 
this happened to our state for the last couple years. I think I grew I grew up in small rural areas around here. I'm not uh, unused to living and coexisting and being friends with Republicans. I mean, yeah, you know, I I have a lot of Republican friends and those people to me are different than Trump supporters. They really are very different. And I was trying to explain it to somebody because I never felt like unwelcome or that our state was unfriendly or that I didn't fit in to my home state until the last few years where it's been this really aggressive tone. Like, I mean, like you said, we grew up, it was always a red state. Yeah. It was always a gun-toting state. It, but it was never this... Um, you know, beat you in the head, aggressive, heavily aggro experience. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I want my hunting rifle, not I want my assault weapon. Not I want to be able to shoot a hippie for sport. Yeah. You know, I feel like the people who have moved here in the last couple of years are Orange County Trump supporters who they think they want to be cowboys. They think they're country. They think being country means owning a big truck and a lot of guns and they moved here and like I have talked to these people in airports and all over and they'll be very open that they moved here because it's more white and like that to me is like that's different than being a Republican being an open white supremacist is uh, just not somebody I can be friends with I can't be friends with you if you're openly a white supremacist ever and just not something I can compromise on and uh, and also it's so hard because this state was such a beautiful you know, it was one of those places that was like so the, the uh, natural areas were so pristine and so beautiful. And those same people who are moving here because it are trashing all of these. And like, they don't campsites. believe in public land. They don't. Yeah. They yeah don't. You go up into the mountains, which used to be like the, the respite from the from the horrible world. And it's all ATV ATVs. It's huge pickups. It's loud litter and trash and everybody and i and and, trump flags absolutely everywhere and i grew up with republicans who uh were more invent they were always more environmentalist than they realized Mm -hmm. where they were like i don't like these hip these hippie blah 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 and you'd be like well do you believe in preserving public land well of course do you believe that we should pack it in pack it out when we camp oh my god of course do you think we should preserve the streams for salmon and do all this other stuff because they're fishermen and they're hunters so of course they're pro-environment at the end of the day and these other, like this other group that has moved in here is so rough on the land and mm-hmm. so rough on natural places. Like there's a hot springs we have been going to since I was a kid that when we, last time we were up there, there were like, it's it's a hot springs they, meant for like- They've actually closed yeah. many of these natural resources places, public places because they have been so decimated. It, it was trash. Like for- you know, a hundred years. These yeah. have been places that we've been able to go and enjoy. And now within within the last four years. Yeah. No more. Yep. There's a plane. There's a plane. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Welcome you know, to our state. I don't, and I, I feel really torn about it because I don't want to be an unwelp- unwelcoming person and yeah. I don't want to be like, the state is only for me. You know, I'm a fifth generation Idahoan. You can't come here. Yeah, I'm but not on one the of other hand, people. it's like, but I don't feel welcome in my own state. No. So I, when we were down, when we were down at the Black Lives Matter protest, which, you know, uh, we had gone to quite a few of them and to the vigil and stuff. And then the last one I, I had been like, okay, I don't health for health reasons. Don't feel comfortable coming down anymore. But we ended up going down because 
Um, you know, a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement here is a lot of young people, and they were they were down at City Hall doing the thing that they'd been doing for months, which was you know protesting outside while there was a meeting, and then all these Trump supporters with guns showed up trying to intimidate them. And I went down just more because I'm like, I feel like an adult person needs to be down there standing in between these two groups, not because because I felt like. I, I know how to deal with conflict. I do it every day in my job, you know, and I felt like somebody needed to be there to help protect the BLM people. And it, and it turned out to be right. Like it was scary down there. But those people were like threatening and being physically violent. And it was just, I was like, I hate this. I hate this is what our state is mm-hmm. now is like, I don't know, a bunch of people. Brute force. A bunch of, and so we were down there. The point of that was we were down there and some guy came up and got in my face and started screaming at me to go back to Portland and I was like, bitch, I'm from Salmon. Like, how many, how, my family, my family's been here forever, you know? And yes, obviously, we're not Native American, not Native Idahoans, but we've been here a long time. And I don't even think that that has value to it. It's like, who cares where you fucking moved from? But like, Jesus, don't tell me to go back somewhere when I was like, you know, <laughs> born in one of the smallest, <laughs> shittiest places here and got out of it. You don't tell me anything. <laughs> I survived Salmon. <laughs> Right. I went to Caldwell High School. Right? <laughs> I married an onion farmer. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so uh, it's been the last few days have just been. But I still, you know, I don't know. It's a I don't even it's a funny like I had been like, I don't even want to talk politics. But how do you not? How do you not today? How do you not end up like saying something, you know? Because what else? What else do I have going on? Oh, I went for a walk. <laughs> I know. I think that's why I um, didn't have anything in my notes because I was like, well, there's just nothing else that I can talk about mm-hmm. because I, this is so all-consuming right now. Let's and, talk about. Um, uh, oh, well, sorry. how was your Halloween? I was just going to say, let's talk about Halloween. Okay, first I have to say, the costume you made for your kid is top ten costumes for me. That- I loved it asshole i am so like this is one thing that bodie and i have really over the the last few years um we've really bonded over which is our love of halloween i love to dress up i love an elaborate costume we love to decorate like we like candy and um so once i finally convinced bodie probably when he was about 10 that you don't just like buy some shitty plastic mask yeah and then go trick-or-treating so i was like whatever you want to do we will do it but we're gonna make it by hand so this year because of covid i kept asking him usually we'll start at like the beginning of october and figure out his costume and then figure out like what needs to be you know engineered what needs to be sewn what needs to be sourced from a thrift store like it takes a while but we make him a great costume and he said no i don't want to do anything for halloween this year i'm i'm 14 i'm too old he is gigantic he's like (laughs) your boys whereas you know he's taller than me and he's you know big and so i think he's a little self-conscious about going trick-or-treating and i was like i understand and it's covid and we don't know what we're going to be able to do anyway so we did no costumes and then on friday night Halloween's on Saturday. He tells me, oh, well, I think my friend and I want to go and maybe, you know, ride our bikes around the neighborhood in costume. And maybe they were like, my neighborhood was awesome. They set up so many cool, like this one lady did this giant spider web, which had candy bags on the spider web. There was, there was like candy launchers. There was candy tubes. Like everybody was really cool about it. So I think he had seen those things kind of get set up and he was like, like, oh, (laughs) I really want to. 
So then I was like, okay, well, what do you think you want to be? And he pulls up a picture of, I kid you not, Evil Knievel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. No problem. I have that in storage. I don't, I mean, like being from Idaho, Evil Knievel was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. And so if you don't know Evil Knievel, please go look up a picture of Evil Knievel because he looks a little bit like uh, Elvis. He has a white polyester jumpsuit that has... Um, this kind of V of red, white, and blue stars. He has a cape, and yeah. he has like the white helmet matches. Hel- matching helmet, and not just, just a like, costume you can throw together in fifteen. Like, fuck, what the fuck <laughs> am I gonna get? A, well, fuck you, an Elvis jumpsuit, you know? And um, so I thought about it, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we can figure this out. Um, he had bought a helmet at a garage sale. Um, the summer and so sorry we're watching, we're watching <laughs> a parking <laughs> job right now that's but then i saw that there's also some stilts there there's stilts they almost hit the stilts chip hey stay here chip stay here it's not in your business none of your business chip stay out of it the stilts the whole parking situation none of our business <laughs> we're just sitting here with microphones and a, and you know y'all want to be on a podcast <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, um, I told Bodie, well, we can do, this may not be like the costume, like in years past, but, um, I went to the fabric store on Saturday morning and got amazing. And there's so many costume fabrics now. I was just like, oh "Oh, shit. Like, so they have like this like rubbery red shiny fabric and like a sparkle blue fabric and. We ended up going with a black theme instead of a white theme because Dave had a leather jacket. And so I just made this like harness to go over the jacket that was the stars and then the cape. Wait, all of this, I I saw the picture. All of this went, you did Friday and Saturday? I did it all Saturday. That is wild because that was an amazing costume. I'm blown away that that was was one day. It was a ton of sewing. That's like crazy. it's more sewing than I usually even do for a costume because I lined the whole cape. So the cape was like black leather with the um, X on the back. That's the red, white, and blue stars, and it looks a little bit Confederate-y. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did, a little. but that like you that, did your best with that. But yeah. then no, that was like his thing. Yeah, um, he that was his that was what's on the back of his cape, and I don't that like after I saw it, I was like. I wonder if it was supposed to be just like all American or if it was supposed to be stars and bars, stars and bars. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know his politics well enough to say. I don't either. Hmm. And so I was like, I hope that doesn't look too Confederate because it was not intended to be. It's supposed to be like 70s motorcycle guy. I thought you did a good job with it. It looked, I mean, though, I I'm blown away by how much you sewed on that and that you did it in one day. You're making (laughs) me feel like shit over here, honestly, because my kids, Saturday, we're like, we want to do costumes, and I did not. That's not what happened over here. I didn't spend a bunch of time sewing. I was just like, <laughs> I'll put some makeup on you. It's fine. Well, what always happens is like, I draw it out how it's going to be, and I'm just like, well, it's just a cape. Like, how hard can it be? But 
those things always take so much longer, especially if you're engineering. You're not sewing from a pattern. Yeah. You know? Oh, so yeah. I was, yeah, no, I was still working on it at like 530. That's very impressive. And I was like, okay, Bodhi, because I wanted to get his picture in it, in his costume before he went out, but while it was still light out. So I'm just like, <laughs> and he did um, his own helmet, well, which he did very elaborately. He did. Yeah. With duct tape. And it took him all day. That's amazing. Yeah. And he's like, do you think I should just leave this? I was like, you should definitely just leave it because that is so much fucking work. Yeah. It's that's your helmet now. Yeah, that's what your that, helmet looks like. Uh, well, mom of the year goes to you uh, for sure. We yeah. and I would just wish that like I just, you know, being I like I want to be the parent that makes the Halloween costume. But then also I'm just like. Why did you do that to me this year? Yeah, this year on Friday. <laughs> yeah, like I just actually really didn't want to do that, but I did it, but I didn't want to. Well, it was an but amazing it costume. And now if anybody wants to be Evil Knievel. I do, next year, I yeah. call it. Yeah. I call it, I yeah, want it. You can have it. Um, I we, had, we decided not to go trick-or-treating and we decided we let the kids all invite one person over and we set up the projector in the back and... Um, set up little stations for everybody to sit and with blankets and stuff so they'd be all cozy and uh i made chili and cookies and biscuits and whatever and um and we were watching hocus pocus and stuff but like same we were like i was i had been like you guys want to do costumes and they're like nah what's the point like it seems stupid to do costume at the last minute like saturday at like three calvin and arthur were both like i want to do i want to do a costume and i was like ah fuck so Calvin wanted to be David Bowie, like the classic David oh, nice. Bowie with the thing That's with the zigzag. One. I mean, it's not easy. Well, I I did it, and uh, but I didn't have the right colors of eyeshadow, which shame on me, honestly. Um, so I did like a black and white David Bowie with that, and um, he he wanted to be. He did, in the end, he he was country David Bowie. Ooh. So because he wore overalls without a shirt and like rolled it up, and then he had his hair like all ta- like kind of tousled, and I did the the thing. So he was country David Bowie, which Perfect. I think is a pretty fun. I like a combo costume. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Personalized a little bit. Yeah, and um, then Arthur he he went as a casual alien, which we already had the alien suit. And then he just put on like casual stuff, and I went as the. <laughs> yeah, his was pretty cute. He this had cargo. Alien. He had a cargo shorts on, and it was pretty. I thought it was pretty good, and a tank top. And then I went as the Wicked Witch of West Boise, and did like I did, you know, makeup and some stuff, and that was easy. So, and then the people who came over, they, their their friends that came over also dressed up. So it was kind of it was like a cute little thing. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was it was fun, and actually, I think because the kids have been bumming all day and being kind of grumpy and crabby, and like I said, I got in kind of fights with a couple of them, and they're just like rah rah rah. But then after the party, I really feel like they kind of realized like that we had put a lot of work into it, and they kind of kept being like, "Thanks, that was really great, that was really fun," and I think it just made them like they were all in such a good mood after that for a couple of days because I th- feel like they just felt like very loved. And felt like, oh, you put a lot of time into this. Okay, thanks. And I had made everybody a little gift bags with like Halloween candy and Halloween stuff in it for their friends too. So it was good. And I wasn't going to put out candy for trick-or-treaters. But then at the last minute, I saw that like what the neighbors had done. And I did the same thing, which was just I put out a long table and I put a candies like in little stations and then hand sanitizer. And I think we had three trick-or-treaters. So it didn't, I yeah, didn't we even did, need to do I that. I did but. the same. Uh, just put it out on a table and then... Um, 
we did have i love watching the trick-or-treaters come i I just miss it so much me too the only one that i saw was there was a piglet in a wagon oh piglet in a wagon i was like yes if you have a toddler please 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 dress it up as a piglet please (laughs) please that's all i need from you (laughs) i was like the election's coming up we need more piglet toddlers more piglet toddlers (laughs) i know i had a pretty hard cry around like 6.30 6.30 because I love Halloween and I love uh, I love all the kids dressing up and I love the trick-or-treaters and we usually we usually have like a huge party yeah we and, always have a huge party and it's yeah, so fun and I, I had like a <laughs> and then I just like had like a sob and uh, that was yeah I just I just and it was me. like a beautiful day yeah it was the beautiful. other thing was it was really warm and yeah super so like fall and glorious and everybody's pumpkins were out yeah and our neighborhood went crazy with the decorations this year it was like everybody was like okay well we're gonna have to put out tons of halloween decor we're making up for it yeah yeah i don't even remember hardly any in years past so yeah that was really nice yeah it was you know i keep telling myself like it's not that big of a deal to miss like one halloween yeah or I, you know, it is when you have kids. I think, uh, like, I was sort of grateful. My kids are 12, 15, and 17. So, like, for them, this was probably the last year, last couple years. I mean, Henry, I've been saying that for years. Me too. <laughs> well, Henry, Henry and Calvin, like, I told them, you can go trick or treat, but you guys are both 6'2, or Calvin's, you know, six foot. Henry's like 6'2 or 6'3. And I'm like, you look like men. You both have full, like, fa- you have facial hair. You look like men out there, but it's fine with me. And personally, I don't, I think there should be no age limit on trick or treating. No. If adults want to trick or treat, I think we should all just go trick or treat. That sounds fantastic and super fun. And I would rather teenagers were out trick or treating than like going and smashing people's pumpkins or you know doing whatever i agree i so, agree I, I don't care how old you are how tall you are even yeah. if you like did a garbage job on your costume because yeah. you're just wearing a black shirt and a shitty mask that's like fine. come on come over. on over get some <laughs> free candy. candy that's yeah. that's where i'm at politically everybody gets candy okay <laughs> that's the political party i want to believe in not the no not the shitty costume people not the tall people did you see someone did alex i don't on? know it it might have been a ghost. Oh, guess what? We're recording. <laughs> Should we check? Thank everything you. Everything looks okay, Everything right? looks okay. We're doing good. Are you guys good? How is everybody out there? Oh, gosh. I'm glad. Can I tell the, can I tell the story about that customer you have? I won't name names of anything. Yeah? Is that okay? <laughs> no so, pressure. You're just no pressure. live You're on live. camera. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> I just didn't... I didn't know if you were going to be like, no... Seem, just change seem, some, change some. I'm, I mean, I don't know any names, and I'm not going to say where you work. So, are you yeah. sure? Are you sure? Um, cool. We'll just pretend it happened to my at my work. Okay, to me. Let's just say, <laughs> let's say hypothetically, I was working a call center job. Okay, let's say I'm doing that now. Okay. okay? And um, the other day, so um, was this on the election day or the day after? This is yesterday. Okay. So the day after the election, I have this customer who calls in fairly irate about a number of things and um, decides to bring up the election. I feel like if you stand there, I feel like if you stand there, you're just going to correct the story and I need you to leave. Go. It was on election day. Okay. Get out of here. Go. He's just going to be like, actually, actually, and it's going to be super annoying. It's not, it's the gist of the story that matters. So on election day, it turns out I have this customer who calls in irate and um, 
it's because of their bill, et cetera. But the, they bring up the election and they start talking about Trump and about how they voted for Trump. And they imme- immediately within a few minutes talk about how they got kicked off unemployment. And that's why they voted for Trump is because he's going to give back the unemployment and um, how they lost their health insurance. And just this like laundry. <laughs> now he's got me nervous. I'm worried I'm going to get the facts wrong and he's going to listen to this later and be like, that's not what happened. Well, then you'll have to come on yeah, and do a, do, well, a guest spot. Yeah. They can do a little guest spot. Up. But the point was, is he was like, he was yelling at, at me for all of these things and um, basically saying like, how pissed off he is and it's like all of those things trump has done to you right and he's mad because like he you know someone in his family got sick with covid and they lost their job and and you know he's on unemployment and all this laundry i'm like how do you not see this is the shit that has happened to you okay that wasn't a very good story because i got nervous about it but my the point was it was just uh yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of people who are voting against their yeah. own interest in, yeah. in like a profound way. Deeply. And calling it socialism. Yeah. And not knowing what socialism actually is and what this is not. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really really sad because it is like, oh yeah, so this is the uh this is the Congress that refuses to push through any su- any support for people. But yeah. they're going to put, you know, anti-abortion Amy Coney Barrett on yeah. on the Supreme Court instead. Like that's that's what they're gonna do. They're not gonna get you any help. No, they could have gotten you help months ago. Mm-hmm. And, or it's it's their first priority. He couldn't pay his phone. His phone was getting sh- his phone was shut off. He couldn't pay for that. He has no money. He has no health insurance. He the unemployment got shut off. Like all this. Well, hopefully laundry we'll get rid of ACA then. Yeah. You know, so that he'll Thank, never get it. Yeah. So that you'll never have insurance again. Because yeah. we're all a bunch of socialists. Just it's idiots. Just, idiots. It's like the poorest poorest people being fucked so hard and they're just like yeah i love it yeah more of it voting for that more of it yeah yeah oh hi chip gonna add some audio (laughs) do you want to add some audio to this podcast he was quite ill oh no Uh, he's moving a little slow he is but Uh, that's his normal pace he uh the day after halloween um Uh oh did he get some halloween candy because the kids were all outside he shot out into the yard and then he was out there Usually if it's a little breezy, he's back in pretty quick. But he was out there for like a half hour. And I finally like, I was like, where's where's the dog? And I went out there and he's just like eating wrappers. He doesn't care. It doesn't have to be candy. He will eat a wrapper if it yeah. smells like candy. So he's been not feeling so good for the last few days. Just kind of oh, a little iffy. <laughs> what do you have for notes? I think I had one more thing. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one note, and now I'm remembering it's one word. So let's see if we can figure. We can out. even uh, decipher it. Oh, luck! Luck. So, I saw my mom last night. We did, in fact, have a huge fight about the election and also calorie counting. Oh, but fun. I decided that we're not going to talk about that. Did you? <laughs> because I, it's just the same old, same old. Yeah. But um, I'm in a huge fight with my anti-vaxxer sister. Yeah. And I was like, but we just can't talk about that. <laughs> Not if I, you want to. It's like if you want to maintain the relationship, uh, for one thing, it's kind of like it can never, you know, if it gets out that I talked about something on the podcast, my God, I'd be dead meat. But yeah, it's also just like you can picture it. The word, the phrase yeah. I just said to you, you can picture the the, yeah. the fight that we had. So yeah. there it my is. My mom, the two quotes of the night were my mom said, um, it was once again a choice between two horrible candidates. 
And then she said that she hated AOC. And I was like, what do you know about AOC? Have you ever seen her speak? Have you ever heard? What's her platform? Do you know anything about her? And she said, no. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, exactly. You hate AOC. But then the other thing that she said to me, so they were, Dave came and Bodie and they were helping um, put together a fireplace, like, like a gas fireplace, one of those little portable gas fireplaces. And my mom looked over and she said, you know what? You are just so lucky that you found Dave. What? Well, I mean, I mean, okay. So, and I didn't really, I was like, uh-huh, you know, like, sure. Validate my relationship. That's fine. But then later when I was seething at her, I was like, you know what is not luck? Marrying somebody when you're 43. Yeah. My mom met my dad when she was 13 and they married after college. She only ever dated one person. That's the luck. That's it, luck. Because bad luck in my opinion, <laughs> but that's fine. That you know like oh you you met and married the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with when you're 13 and you've been able to maintain a marriage for that long and that you know you grew together and not apart or whatever. Yeah. To me that's that's luck. Luck. Yeah. But I had 20 solid years of dating and relationship experience and murder experience and, and murder experience. Like Almost the only thing that I can think of that was luck in was the actual moment of meeting Dave, um, which wasn't even really luck because he came to a, an event that I was working, sort of knowing that I was going to be there, yeah, and w- just wanted to say hi. So I was just like, because <laughs> he's been in love with you since high school. So well, I don't know that he's been in love with me since high school, but the thing about it is, is like. I very specifically picked my partner based on years and years and years of trial and error and experience and knowing what would work for me and what wouldn't. Like, not luck. No, and if anybody, I mean, I think you and I have dug, like, if if this was a coal mine, you and I got to the last vein (laughs) before we finally struck gold, you know? And several times we moved to different mines and started over. Yeah, several (laughs) deep mines where I was like, oh, this has been A couple of times the mine collapsed. Yeah. It (laughs) killed everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... Many times. I don't feel like that's luck, like, seeking out very actively and trying to find someone and not settling and not mm-hmm. saying that this is okay. I mean, like could have gotten married in my twenties, could have gotten married in my thirties, um, could have settled down, could have had kids like did none of that until now. And for a very specific reason, it wasn't yeah. like, Oh, I'm finally going to settle for somebody. Why would I settle after 20 years of this shit? Yeah. If it wasn't the exact right person. Yeah. You know, it's just not luck. Yeah, it's not. It's a choice. Luck makes it sound like I, like I had nothing to do with it. And like Dave had nothing to do with it. Like, oh, it was just like made in the stars. I mean, congratulations to you. If you can make a relationship out of, you know, stardust. Yeah. <laughs> and also I and mean, luck, but saying you're lucky is like, I really love Dave and I really love your relationship. And I'm so happy for you guys that you're married. But I also feel like you know, he's a divorced dad yeah. and, uh, you know, you got, we're all middle-aged. So being like, you're so lucky. You're like, yeah. He looks several years older than he actually is. <laughs> 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 he's, you know, it's like, yeah, 
I did great. You know, like you are lucky. I do. I feel lucky a lot of times because I feel like, man, it's a hard go if you really are just like attracted to men and you like being with men because there are so few decent ones. Like I have friends who are still looking, Yeah, you know, friends in my, in our forties who are like, um, you know, still dating, still trying to find a decent guy, still just looking out there and who have never been able to meet and match with somebody who is also honest and kind and not, you know, a gross abuser or steal from them yeah. or manipulate them in some way or, or have shitty political views. And it's like, it's actually, it is very hard to meet a man who isn't going to harm you in some way. Yeah. Uh, so that sometimes I feel lucky about, although I feel like that shouldn't have to be a luck factor. That's just like, that's almost more like bad luck that most of the gender you're attracted to uh, sucks and is a pretty rough go. That sucks. Or only, you know, oh my God, all my friends in LA, it's so funny. All my women friends in LA are stunningly gorgeous they're all in their they're like 35 to 45 ish you know and they're they're all like you can't date as a woman in LA because every dude down there thinks they're a 10 and only dates 22 year old Instagram models because it's there's so many beautiful women there and so they're all like I'm too old I'll never find anybody and I'm like you're 36 and you're hot as coming to Idaho you'll bump into a firefighter within 15 minutes you'll be fine there's dick for days up here like I think it maybe it depends on where you're at maybe there's like you know more men somewhere to date but yeah except men in general always give themselves two to three more points than they yeah, should have for sure i mean anywhere I, you I are i don't know that i've ever met a guy who thinks he's less than a seven or eight yeah then, even if he's like a three or a four yeah there's no guy that's like Hush, you know self-conscious about like where those he if there at. are those are always the men i fuck I like a man who's like, I'm a two, but I'm a good guy. I'm a nice man. I like a man who knows he's a two, but who's, a, who's just very happy to be there. He brought you flowers. He's very excited. I like a, a humble, ugly man. Give me that over a good looking asshole any day. Because, because also I'm not really much of a looks person in a lot of ways. Like I've dated a really broad swath of people and I like people who are yeah, kind. No, I'm not really into the looks too because, because the problem with that is so like you already have this, um, this, this phenomenon of guys thinking they rank better on the, on the ranking than mm -hmm. they do. And then if they are actually good looking, then they're like, I'm unstoppable. Oh yeah. I am like this, you know, amazing like anybody should like like I should be with a celebrity is what it's, they always I say. I love I love uh, when guys like that age because it's so fun to watch. Like I'm thinking of someone specifically, and I'll tell you a name after this, and we'll have a hard laugh. But um, <laughs> someone in our community who, for many many years, very good looking guy is still, in my opinion, a very good looking guy. But who he places a lot of value in looks. So for him, aging has been a devastating like really hard thing and also he only dates much younger women okay so he's 45 maybe now um i know he's i know he's older than me by five or six years so five we'll say 45 46 and he has been dating these younger women and he fell in love with this woman who was like 26 and he has always had a lot of power in our community has always seduced a lot of women has fucked every woman in boise except for me and you and um are you sure i'm positive because <laughs> when i tell you this name really for real so we're both gonna we're gonna throw our heads back and have the meanest cackle um but watching him so 
I've known him for a lot of years and I, maybe it sounds like I hate this person, but I don't. We've been friends for a lot of years. And, and in that friendship way, we're like, I know you, I know who you, I know who he is. You know, I'm like, you, this is, you're one of these men who like, who can't, whose ego is so wrapped up in this like seduction and, you know, uh, performative I don't know so he started dating this woman she's 26 she's beautiful she uh commutes from here to LA she's an actress and a model and a writer and she's very talented and lovely and he he fell in love with her and she was kind of like okay thanks (laughs) and uh he was talking to me like and he was like she thinks I'm an old like that's how she thinks of me is like I'm just some old guy and I was like you are that's what you are you're just an old guy what like what did you think and he was like but I've always been like really good looking like I'm just you know like I just I'm in good shape I'm still blah 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 I'm like it doesn't matter you're still an Age old guy and he, he like was end. telling me like I'm just starting to think like maybe it's time and I was like this is the guy that eventually he started he, gets, he settles down with someone age appropriate who's you know 31 or something yeah. and who's like I think I'm just ready I'm just ready to settle down and you're like because nobody 22 would date you anymore <laughs> oh but if you look hard enough yeah you'll be able to intimidate someone into dating you or thinking that you're like older and wiser and it'll be you can play daddy with someone sure sure you can for sure there's there's like a never-ending stream of 22 year olds who are willing to take that leap yeah who are looking for yeah i mean i i dated i did it yeah Yeah. i did too my notes i realize this is the wrong notebook and i'm trying to remember what the other one because i had like two or three things written down Oh, okay. Here's one. Remember? Okay. Listen, remember how we said, remember we said we were going to do national novel writing month. Yes. But it turns out instead, I'm just going to write poetry (laughs) and, uh, eat M&Ms. So I hope you were not, I really was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do national novel writing month. And then it came to November and Halloween was so stressful and everybody yelled at me and I cried and then the election and I have been doing a little writing but here what if instead of NaNoWriteMo so I already had an idea because I was going to bring this up too good which is January January because I'm like you know what the the problem with November is it's right before December so we had Halloween that's always been the problem with November Halloween election and then we have the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving holidays. Yeah. Like I have to bake something like 7,000 cookies between now and Thanksgiving for for work. And I'm like any amount of my free time. Yeah. And then I'm like, then I have to go into overdrive thinking about, you know, the 400 people that I have to get Christmas presents for yeah. and do projects and Christmas cards and all that stuff. So I realized I was like, I can't, there's no way I can do this and not feel like yeah. I'm just taking time out of what I otherwise need to do and then i was like but what about january january is a great idea let's because do january because it will all be over it's in the dark depths of winter you can yeah. you know take your walk and think and go home and write and i like it there's nothing pressing. it's something to look forward to jan no right mo is what we're doing yeah, we're, we're doing gonna do Jan-no-right-mo. that um what a brilliant idea I don't have anything. So I don't have anything. I'm not busy. Uh, I don't have anything going on. I'm not doing Christmas cards. I'm not going to bake anybody any cookies. Uh, well, just nothing. That, that's nothing. part of my work. Yeah. So that's not I for have, fun. I have no no reason to not do it other than I just don't want to. Yeah. I don't feel like it. It just feels like a funny, weird time yeah. that 
is still so unsettled. And yeah. I, maybe by January we'll feel a little more. Feel a little, a little more. But I did feel like, um, you know, I've still been reading Ray Brad- Bradbury's wonderful Zen and writing book. And he was talking about how a big way he uh, was able to do a lot of um, of his writing and find a lot of his ideas was he does these like word associations and so I've been every day I go for a walk and I come back and I write one poem about my walk and then I sit down and I do these like word associations where you just like pick and you pick one noun and from there you do like you do like we write lists of nouns and kind of and I've been doing that so I was like instead of NaNoWriteMo what if I write lists which is what I really like to do instead of writing is <laughs> oh, I, I love, love to write a list so so uh, national list writing month yeah it's is what my, we're doing I'm gonna <laughs> I like that, but I I heard um, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were interviewing somebody who did Nanny Rimo, whatever, and she said you can't write a novel, but you can write seven pages, and seven pages is a chapter. Ooh! And so rather than thinking about like oh you know I'm going to write a novel, which is always like so intimidating yeah. in terms of just quantity of words that you have to produce she's like write seven pages just write seven yeah and then write seven more and then if you write 10 seven pages you have a book i like that because i i tend to get i get excited in the beginning and then i get really overwhelmed by the actual project when i write stuff yeah even like right now so i finished the book of holy fuck which was my patreon project which i was releasing partially on the patreon that's done and um no none of those are the right ones but thank you you're so sweet are you watching you're an angel no i don't know where it's at it's one of the little ones it has a unicorn painted on it i think or an angel something like that um unicorn an angel yeah i can't remember but yeah so what was i saying i can't remember um, you get intimidated by writing. Oh yeah, the whole but thing. I like it. I, me too. And I so I finished the book of Holy Fuck stuff, and I should be editing that right now. But I kind of dug into that and was like, oh, <laughs> I just couldn't couldn't quite throw myself at it yet. So I was like, yeah, I it I don't know. That sounds like a fun way to do it. Is just be like seven pages at a time. I have a lot of stuff that. So part of the problem with the book of Holy Fuck was that you know it's memoirs. A lot of it's narrative nonfiction stuff. There's a lot of stuff that I as I was releasing stuff on the Patreon for the book of Holy fuck, I was like, Oh, I don't, I ended up not publishing a lot of stuff that I kind of realized I was like, Oh, I don't know how comfortable I actually feel sharing some of this stuff for legal reasons. Cause I have some stories that are like, that'll get you sued mm-hmm. for sure. And then I also like, like a lot of it was stuff that I was like, I guess that this is more personal. It was an interesting experience because like I had planned for a lot of it to be a lot more all out and then uh maybe partly it was because a lot of i got a lot of people who uh went who subscribed to the patreon specifically because they were sure i was going to show my boobs and were just and messaging me being like i'm here for the tits i'm here when do the tits come i'm here for the tits and it was kind of like uh like i i had some nudes i had planned to release and i was like you guys took all the fun out of this and now i'm not gonna do it anymore like there was like a whole part of the book that was much more vulnerable that in the end i was like oh you guys don't get to see any of this actually and i don't and a lot of the writing was like that too like i had some chapters that were going to be like my the stuff like you know from when i was an erotica writer i was going to release some of the old stories in the book and stuff and i in the end just felt like maybe this is too personal and I some of it's mine so I've been thinking about fictionalizing some of those stories so it's easier to be like you know yeah 
Jane. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, that was actually part of, I kind of had the exact opposite problem. Why wow, you have a black neighbor? I this? do. Wow, nice. I know. A very we have a very deserve, diverse neighborhood. That's great. Um, um I know. I can't imagine like being black and living in this neighborhood because oh. we have so many shithead r- like yeah, asshole I, redneck I, people down the street this way. It gets rough over there. I I had there's two two neighbors in or two two people in my neighborhood and these they they put up a Black Lives Matter. They they um they have a like a six-year-old daughter who is the most adorable thing. And she like came running out of her house the other day and she said, hi, my name is Birdie and I'm black and I'm beautiful. Oh, my heart just broke. It was so sweet. And I was like, yes, you are. You're so beautiful. You're so fun. Um, but then they have a fucking neighbor that put up all of these anti BLM, like homemade anti BLM signs. Yep. And I was just like, really? Like, that's where you go with Mm -hmm. this black family next door to you? Yeah. Who, like, what could you possibly have against these people? Yeah. I was just so horrified. And I thought, oh, poor Birdie. She has to see that. And that's, um, there's, um, down, so down the street, there's, uh, one house and that he's the don't tread on me guy too he has don't tread on me flags and trump flags and all these things but he has uh, a bumper sticker that says exist you know instead of coexist yeah and the x in it are assault rifles and he has a bunch of you know the play on black lives matters like bumper stickers and he has a, fl- a flag that says blue lives matter oh, yeah. with a skull on it and right. it's like it's rough in yeah. spots over here so <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I can't even. Ugh. It's t- it's very frustrating. And that's the same. My mom, my aunt called me today and she goes, you need to pull your Biden sign out of your yard. And I was like, I for sure don't have a Biden sign in my yard. I voted for him. I'm not going to put a sign in my yard, though. Yeah, no, my I Bernie can't. sign's still out there. <laughs> I can't put a bumper sticker on because, I, you know, somebody's going to ram into me. Yeah. Or, yeah. She, but she was she, you know, she was like very concerned. She said they took their gay pride. She and her wife took their gay pride stuff down. And yeah. she was like, we're just so worried. And I th- I think it's probably fine. But she was very, very concerned that, like, people were going to be. I'm not going to test it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, and I was like, nobody's coming through your. She, they live in a they live in a very quiet. You know, it's like a lot of old people. I'm like, nobody's cruising that neighborhood looking for gay pride <laughs> flags. You're probably fine. But but yeah, I get it. And it sucks that we're at that point. I have never uh harassed anybody even with a trump sign with a trump flag i've never gone and been like you know yelled at them or egged their house or anything you know the most i've done is shaken my head as yeah. i walked by oh well, that's too bad that's too bad <laughs> yeah so uh back to uh writing i have kind of the opposite problem in that um the work that i'm doing right now is fictionalized and it's very specifically based on actual people in my life oh wow and i've been worried that it's like too close and that i'm working out like a lot of my uh aggressions (laughs) by like uh painting these characters poorly awesome i think that's great (laughs) maybe i need to do that more because i feel like that maybe that's they're recognizable gotta, that's therapeutic that. it's so therapeutic but then i'm just like am i just like finding another way to just channel my anger um 
But see, what, you were only that, worrying about that because we're women. Yeah. Like Bukowski was never like, oh, I hope nobody realizes I hate women. You know, <laughs> like that's like even Ray Bradbury in that book, he talks about like, that's basically what he says to do is to take like the people you're mad at and put them in the stories and do so whatever you want to do. The only thing is, is that this book is going to have to really make me very, very successful. Sure. So that I can very quickly just sever those ties. Yes, you can very quickly be like, eh. yeah. you're going to recognize yourself in here. Bye. Maybe I need to do that. That does sound very, I tried to do that. I was trying to write this story uh, about this uh, situation we were in in Tennessee where we lived below our landlord and she was a really uh, like very mentally ill, uh, invasive hyper hyper pentecost or maybe she was baptist she was baptist christian who was always like invading our space and spying on us and she thought we were devil worshipers and like uh not a humorous situation but i'd been trying to write it as like a horror comedy and um but i it's funny because in that situation i have to be a character and i don't like myself <laughs> enough to write myself as a likable character and you really need your protagonist at some point to be like we're rooting for you and i'm really struggling with like i think men don't have a problem with that you know like they will marry sue uh themselves into a story no problem uh, the book i was just reading uh the guy's like yeah and he's handsome and he's the best at sword fighting in the world <laughs> And he's got pecs for days and women suck his dick all night. And it's no problem. No problem with that. And I'm like, am I making this character too emotionally available, too strong? You know, I, I'm really struggling with, I'm like opposite Mary suing myself. I don't know how to write that character for myself. Yeah. Also, because I'm like in that situation, I'm like, I'm not that person anymore. And I'm sort of shocked with how like mousy and complacent I used to be. And so as I'm writing it, I'm just like, black, black, black. Why would you act like that? Why would you do that? So I'm working through being mad at myself. I'm going to put myself through a meat grinder at some point during the story because I'm so frustrated. So I've developed all these really amazing, unlikable characters that have like backstories and everything, but I can't figure out what the story is between all of them. So like I have all these Amazing. terrible characters that I really like. I mean, I don't like, but I think that they're good characters and they're compelling. Um, but I don't know what to do with them. It's like I've developed all of them yeah. independent of each other. And then like, what do I, how do I put them how together? Hmm. And oh, I'm also not one of the characters. Oh, see. Yeah. Maybe that's. So I'm like inhabiting each of these different trying to find motivations and things like that, which is therapeutic, trying to figure out like, why are people like this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, store, the story isn't coming. It's hard. January. Writing. January. You know what? That's a January problem. <laughs> Let's not worry about it a whole lot. Oh, fuck. We're out. Man, we always lose a thing. It must be like a certain time. I feel like yeah. we get to the same point. It must be an hour. You want to resume your last stream where you left off? Oh, someone called me. That's why. Who called me? Who called oh, you? Whatever. Okay, we're back. Hello. Uh, Idaho seems to be loaded with hot milks, is a note we just got from Keith. <laughs> These are, this is the viewership we're Nazis and hot milks. We were, we were talking about writing, but what I was really hoping, what I was really wondering is, are we milfs? Are we milfs? And the answer, yes, in fact. <laughs> hoping to be. Oh, my if God. Full of I have you a mean great one and a half. 
So the other day we were all hanging out and, and the, the kids were like, you know, they tease each other. They joke with each other constantly. And, um, Arthur was making fun of me to Henry and he kept calling me, uh, a crazy MILF, a crazy MILF. And then finally Henry goes, do you know what MILF stands for? And he was like, yeah, of course I do. And we were like, what Arthur, what does it stand for? And he was like, mother, mother, I'd like to. And then he was like, I mean, I don't know what the F is. And, and we were like, fuck, it's fuck. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, you've been calling your mama MILF all afternoon. And he was so devastated by it. And he's like, you're not a MILF. You're not a MILF. And I was like, people don't. That's the people say. The people, they say, they say I'm a MILF out there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't look myself, but that's what they say. It was that's so, he so was cute. so devastated. I got it. He was like, like, who wants to fuck moms? And I was like, plenty of people, turns out. We're a highly suggested category. We got this like kind of embarrassing underwear catalog today in the mail, and Bodie was out riding his skateboard for lunch, so I like slipped it between his <laughs> school binders. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was really embarrassed. Was by he? It. <laughs> oh, cute. God. I was like, this is the kind of thing that siblings do to each other. But Bodhi doesn't have a sibling, so I feel like I need to fulfill that role in some way. Well, and that's the difference between having uh, one boy and three boys. Yeah. Is I could not embarrass my kids with that. Like, I would be like, ha-ha, and they'd be like, who wants to jerk off to this first? And I'm like, okay, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, and they're just a really different temperament from Bodhi, too. Like, Bodhi's the kind of kid who just, like, immediately gets embarrassed. Yeah. Bodhi gets embarrassed when other people are embarrassed. Oh, so I have that. We can't even watch. We can't watch any like cringe comedy or anything yeah. where somebody is not not even just humiliated, like like just slightly embarrassed. He gets up and leaves. I the am room. that way. I am exactly that way. It's because I'm codependent, and it's, I swear. <laughs> That's probably because why like is I can't too. watch Borat because even though the people he's embarrassing are unlikable, it makes me so physically uncomfortable to see. First of all, like. Like he's being rude, so I'm like, ha, ha, he's being rude. What happens when you're rude? Like I get so panicky. And then also like the people that like he's humiliating people and they don't realize. Like I hate that stuff. I hate prank shows. I hate all. Well, I hate prank shows partly because I don't like comedy where somebody is getting harmed. That's just not yeah, my thing. I don't, I don't like care for that. Also, like my kids really like impractical jokers, which I is occasionally funny. I get the idea, like they're pranking each other more than other people. But to me, that show, I'm like, could you just leave these poor women alone? Like the women they're pranking are just trying to go about their day and work their mi- minimum wage job, and they're like, I just think boys are so unfunny and dumb, and they're just in there like, oh, guess what? What if I put on big shoes? And the woman's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's those are big shoes. Anything else? And I just always feel like, can women just, can women just live? Can you just please leave us alone, please? <laughs> so the kids love that stuff. So I'm with I'm with Bodie on that. I don't like. Yeah. So then he he laughed and was embarrassed, and then I think he actually did look at the catalog, and oh, then he um, he came back. He's like, oh, I was going to show you this really funny quote. And it had like a woman and a man standing there in their like pajamas holding a pet. And the quote was, um, protect the pet population, spay and neuter your pets. Bob Barker. Wait, I don't get the joke. I don't either. I don't understand. I have no idea why he thought that was funny. <laughs> but he thought it was hilarious. That's a Bob Barker quote about which we heard thousands of times yeah, as children. Yeah. 
I don't get and it. And he wanted to show it to me. So he, he got the humor in the catalog, but it was in the unfunny quote from Bob Barker about, about spaying and neutering pets. How funny. <laughs> it's like, did your, did your dad have Playboys around? No. I remember like... No, my dad had fancy art magazines. Oh, okay. That had, you know, um, you know nudes but they were tasteful 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 nudes yeah Um, my stepdad had he had playboys and we would my sisters and I were fascinated it's funny my brother wanted nothing to do with it he was like Uh, he was surrounded by too many naked women as a child and doesn't care for any of that even though he's straight uh But we were, we were like fascinated with it, and I remember like reading well, the cartoons. And also, those were the times; those were the years where the um, nudes were like g- the women had giant bushes, oh, like, like from here to here, bush, <laughs> just so much bush. Yeah, I was always like big ah. naturals, big naturals, and a full bush. That was the eighties. Not a lot of airbrushing. No, 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 no. Those were the good years. <laughs> then you had this. I actually have you ever done the thing? Have you ever looked at the centerfolds from every year? It's a fascinating because you have like the 60s and 70s you have women who like you know they look like normal people they have like a fold here and there and some hair and a freckle and then in the 80s you know you start to have uh like no i guess like early 90s you start to have it's like fake tits okay we're only doing fake tits and they're all like hard crazy big fake tits like in the 90s that were so popular and it's a really weird progression of like um I don't know what you'd exactly like uncanny valley Mm -hmm. it has that where you're like women 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 (laughs) women and like they start to be airbrushed and like pretty soon you're just like these look like uh like like mannequins yeah like it just is so it's like a it's kind of an interesting like I you know I remember having a boyfriend break up with me in high school because I didn't look enough like Pamela Anderson and I remember just like being devastated by that and beating myself up and being like, God, fuck me, right? Like, why don't I look more like Pamela Anderson? And now I'm like, Pamela Anderson doesn't even really look like she just was so airbrushed into, uh, yeah, yeah. So my high school boyfriend, who was the really, the old, the much older guy, really wanted me to be Isabella Rossellini. Oh, that's like, a hot, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, she is like an, uh, a model. And she's European and she's like middle-aged and sophisticated. Could you like, just be her? <laughs> I'm just like, You're so selfish. Um, I'm 17 from Caldwell, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you a more sophisticated Italian model? Damn you. Yeah, you're 36 year old. Like, that was what hurt me so bad. Yeah. was just that I wasn't Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> Think back, I'm like, could you have set up a more unrealistic expectation for me? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) devastating. I know. I wish, I wish I could go back and know, you know, I was so self-conscious of my body and so embarrassed for so many and and like so you know because like small tits were not acceptable for yeah but also big tits also not yeah you couldn't have big tits you couldn't have small tits they had to be like they had to be a perfect victoria's secret underwire c that's all you were allowed to have for the 90s and the 2000s. You weren't allowed to have anything above or beyond that. I remember seeing the Victoria's Secret one year after you know being indoctrinated my entire life with what boobs should look like, specifically by them. 
uh, them coming out and being like, we're not doing underwear anymore. And they had this whole ad campaign that was like, no more underwear. And they, they like overnight were like, small tits are in. That's what we're doing. And it was all no, like these little like bralettes. And I had like just finally put on weight and was breastfeeding, you know? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Now that I have big hangers, like now you're shaming big hangers. Like I've, I've worked my whole life for these tits. And now I, and now you're like, we're only doing a cups. Fuck you. I was like, Oh, I hate you so much. And then they have immediately switched back to like, whatever it is they do now. I, I would, I would like for them to go out of business tomorrow. Yeah. They're yeah, my hundred percent. They're my nemesis. I hate them. Yeah. And their bras are garbage. They too. are really, really not good bras. No. Yeah. I tried for years. Cause I was like, well, that's where you get a bra, right? Victoria's secret. It's like either that yeah. or you have to go to Macy's and get like a mom bra. You know, yeah. that, that was your option. It was Victoria's Secret and you were like a sexy whore or you were, you know, had mammaries. Yeah. You had <laughs> mammaries. You got a breastfeeding bra that clips, unclips It's like, from the you know, huge wide straps. It's like some weird off. It already looks it's dirty. Beige. It's yeah, beige. It's dirty beige. Yeah. Yeah. I looked, you told me to look at those Fenty bras and, um, I'm going to start an OnlyFans just so I can tell people that if they send it to me, they get one picture. You buy me the Fenty because they're very expensive, but also they're so well, nice. The, the, it's, it's like some kind of a, you know, it's a scam where you have a membership yeah. and then you get bras for like $19. They're really pretty. They're very pretty. Well, they are, but they're the models just like too. all different it. kinds, all yeah. different shapes and sizes. Like it's not, it's all about just being accessible to any shape and size. The, and they, what I love about it too is they, they have actual women who wear the bra and take a picture of themselves and say, this is what this looks like. These are my measurements and this is what this looks like on me. Yes. Oh, although, oh my God, that's my new favorite thing to look up on Amazon is so any item of clothing, like for example, I was looking at a really tiny gold bikini that I did not get, but I was like, <laughs> I want this. And um, it was like very sparkly, like basically the Princess Leo one, but you know, but uh, I, I was like, oh, this is cute. But then, um, that's what people do on Amazon is they post pictures and it is fascinating. It is a case study because it's exhibitionists who specifically oh, wow. like want you to see. Um, and it's like all these different, I mean, it's different body types and different genders even and stuff, but it's specifically like, I want you, the Amazon viewer to be forced to see me. And like some people will upload like 60 pictures of themselves in this bikini doing like really random weird stuff. And I ended up falling down a rabbit hole of this one specific bikini and looking at like 900 pictures of people just like, it's just, it's so weird. I don't know. I have always, I like, I'm a voyeur exhibitionist kind of person myself, but I've always found those people really fascinating even though i'm kind of maybe the same as them but like the exhibitionist person who is like i don't know just really wants you the amazon shopper to see them i wonder if that's really sort of unique to amazon because it knows that shoppers are going to be of either sex whereas with fenty and then i was thinking about the other time that that's really worked for me was um the rent the the rent the runway dresses. Mm. So if you ever rented like a, you know, a fancy dress for a gala or something or a party, nobody invites me to those things because I'm trash. So <laughs> I usually have to go to like a gala yeah. year and I'm always like, I used to always buy, you know, a fancy dress and then be like, what the fuck am I going to do with this dress? Like I won't even buy myself a new pair of leggings, but I'm going to buy this, yeah. you know, gala dress. So I love the rent the runway dresses. We had a prom last year for the winery and we all gone on rent the runway and like picked out dresses and they, do the same thing where they have if you rent the dress you take a picture of it 
And, you say your measurements. And, and, and it was so nice. helpful to see how these dresses fit different, yeah. like actual body types. Because usually you only ever see it on the model who is a very specific size that is not like any other person. No other person. I know. I love when, because. But I don't, there hasn't been that same kind of like yeah. performance of the outfits or, you know, and like is I mean, like what men are looking at. I always appreciate people's like. reviews when they're like, I'm this tall. I weigh this much. I'm this kind of body type because mm-hmm. I am five two with a gigantic ass and like weird. Like I have a funny shape, so clothes always fit me. Like no, pants are always have too just long. Just a regular shape. Just a regular shape. Yeah, but it's not like that's the thing. We all are shaped so differently. Like, yeah, I have really broad shoulders, a small waist, big boobs, short legs. You know, like yeah. And then you put that combination together and try and get a pair of jeans. Yeah. Like, I could use some help from a gal, you know? <laughs> I, 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 whenever I write a review, I always put in the measurements and say, yeah. like, uh, I look, and I go, these fit you like this, okay? Yeah. You're going to have some some thigh rub <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. And you're, it's short on the ankles. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great benefit of mm. online shopping, of which we don't do much anyway. But no. Mm-mm. That's a couple of options. Well, well you would got, you like to rent a gala dress for next time? Um, yeah. If we <laughs> gala dressed up for the next podcast, I would be super. Let's do you know do how a formal? fun it is? Well, because it was like a bunch of girls, my sisters, my mom, like all of us going through the website, picking out dresses that we liked. You can get like three at a time. It was some. It was some like ridiculous price. It was so cheap. And so you can, like, you get three dresses and then you try them all and then you send the other two back and then you keep the one for the event or you keep them all. Um, but it was so fun to have, like, everybody in mind who we knew was going to need a prom dress mm-hmm. and picking them out and that figuring out what fun. would be good. I haven't dressed up in so long. I haven't worn anything nice. It was nice. probably the last time. You know, like, for me, like, this is this is a big day when I put on a bra and mascara. I'm like, here we go. You know, like I haven't worn anything very cute or nice in so long. It would does sound nice to like put on a, a gala dress. And so maybe we will, maybe we'll do a, a very fancy next couple skate will be our fanciest. Couple let's, skate. Well, let's see. We've got like Christmas coming up. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. Maybe mm-hmm. there's like a holiday or something that we can think of or tie in some kind of a tie in yeah something something fancy yeah yeah oh i don't even know if i could squeeze into anything right now yeah there is that oh my god i went to put on i love boots season it's boots season finally and i have these gorgeous like calf link they're like my my sex boots you know they're like gorgeous i went to put them on and i was like come on you bitch and I, i was like oh okay yeah the calves are a little thicker right now than yeah they were last you know season. it's from not wearing high heels all the time yeah I, I had the same experience i was like oh now i'm gonna be one of those people that needs like the extra white calf <laughs> yeah boots yeah you know because you always see those and you're like well thank goodness i'm not an extra wide calf yet yep but hello <laughs> that may be 2020 size six extra wide calf <laughs> got my bones they're all spreading out everybody's spreading out getting comfortable yeah oh great i am wearing clogs yeah I'm wearing I'm wearing my uh, mom shoes that everybody always makes fun of, and I'm like they're like little Skechers, and I'm like they're comfortable, and I like to get them white, and then they're just filthy <laughs> from day two. Uh, I don't know why I get white ones because it's not a great idea for sure. Yeah, I've oh. never got white shoes. Well, let's hope uh, <sighs> let's hope the good news continues. I'm ready to have. I was talking to some friends who were 
I, we bumped into him on our walk today and they were talking about like Biden and stuff. And I was like, you know, the work is like starting if Biden becomes president. That's oh, a yeah. ground there's floor. So much. It's like a ground floor to build up from, right. for, you know, and there's so, so much to do and so much that we all need to be like, okay, we've all, uh, oh, what's happening here? Oh, no, thank you. There's no, some people walking up and trying to sell you maybe maybe a really good um internet plan Ooh, i do love a good yeah. internet plan <clears throat> which we clearly have because our live streams never pause they never do so <laughs> never a problem um i was going to say it, it looks like astrologically that we may not know about the election until next week but we have been like four planets in retrograde um I think for like months. Yeah. Um, which has significantly fouled up everything. And so it's going to be a slow coming out. Like even though Mercury is out of retrograde as of, as of November 3rd at midnight, there's like a 14 day shadow period. So it's like you ease out yeah, of it. You come out of it slow. So I think it's going to be still like, yeah. Yeah. But the, I mean, hopefully we, we always knew it was going to be a mess. Yeah. And, you know, from the very, from like the beginning when Trump was elected, I was like, well, let's just hope the machine eats him. You know, like our democracy, the bureaucracy, I was like, let's just hope it just grinds him down. And uh, it hasn't and entirely done that. Hi, we're making a podcast. Oh, awesome. That's it. <laughs> so, no thanks, whatever you're <laughs> selling the Lord or whatever. We're not into it. We're not buying uh, the Lord. No, we've it's got plenty of Lord around here. Thank you. Um, speaking of the Lord, you can check out my other podcast, which is not about that, but I was like, I'm going to plug it, um, which uh, you can find on my website and blah 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 it's pretty fun and uh jeff tate's our next uh i was remembering yeah jeff reminded me because i was saying i said that told him that we started this podcast up again and i he was like oh the last time i saw you was when you guys had made me that lovely little gift bag after that wild crisis that was the craziest thing that's ever happened to anybody ever which still sometimes I've tried to talk to people about that story and it's so wild that it's one of those like I'm you I've, I've been like you have to fictionalize it because there's no way for me to tell it without sounding like I'm being like ridiculous yeah like to tell the whole story is like it's it's so it's like start to finish just so crazy that I feel like everybody's like nobody wants nobody wants that but maybe you could fictionalize it maybe I don't know but yeah he was saying that was the last time you guys got me a little gift bag and you guys were both there with me during the event mm -hmm. and drug me away oh my god I think like just weird situations where you're like wait what's happening again yeah I, and it's funny because I've never really like talked about that or talked it like even now i'm kind of well, like a lot of talking was done for you yes yeah a lot of talking was which done you know for you. now now looking back i wish you know that was kind of i didn't i was so shocked and so traumatized that like i feel like now i wish i had spoken up for myself more because i did kind of just let everybody else like stick up for me and now i feel like now I feel like I would have. Well, not, but even not even just sticking up for you. Like there was all these people that had opinions about things. Yeah. All people that were, you know, so, like sort of involved. And you're like, wait. Yeah. It, it was like one of those personal situations that became very public. Yeah. And um, yeah, even became like kind of involved it was in the paper and businesses it was yeah. in the paper uh <laughs> people were writing letters to the editor about it people like i thought 
I knew were like really cool progressive people came out super like in favor of this person who had been horrible to me publicly and done a terrible thing and it's funny one of those people my aunt brought up today and I was like oh I still haven't forgiven them like it's I guess uh nope no I don't care I don't care how long it's been yeah that that's a I it's a funny because right now I'm sure people are like what are you talking no, about I was just thinking maybe what we should do yeah. is we should do some um podcasts that are where you tell the story from the beginning to the end yes or yeah. I mean there is no beginning and there is no end that's what stories are kind of kind of there was though because there but, was like a closure to that that yeah. was sort of weird you know like I did eventually get this like sort of denouement closure to it um to some degree so yeah you could tell it beginning to end maybe we should do that there's a few stories we should do that with probably because i'm thinking all the stories like you that you refer to uh, that are my what are those called source texts yeah and then people are like what <laughs> murder let's do that let's plan maybe for the next couple maybe we should start doing one every week yeah so that we can do some of the source forth. material because i have always wanted to tell because it's crazier even than the actual incident like there's so much stuff afterward that happened that people don't even know about like like people i had to deal with after the fact telling me you know how to do it. oh it was just it was so stupid so i would love to i would love to we're gonna do no, that just some long form stuff because yeah. we we usually that's been the format of this podcast is to tell each other our stories yeah and um oftentimes it's just sort of off the cuff stuff from the week but there's some there's some deep digging there's that some we could deep do dives that. and i think it would be good because like i know a few things also about that story that either you may not remember or yeah that i could ask you about or that you could illuminate for me yeah. because like it was i was there for some of it but of course there was all sorts of things that i wasn't there for and and really also like i feel like it was one of those stories i needed years from yeah like i needed years to actually like i feel like this last year i actually finally processed it and was like oh that was crazy right you know because i think i had kind of just been like well and how happen. much we often blame ourselves yeah and then we think back about it and I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, that was actually an assault. No, I think yeah, that was it. an assault. <laughs> also, I like I blamed myself. But then also, like, I think for so long, um, I didn't want to deal with having any conflict after the fact. I just was like, I don't want to talk about it because I didn't want to have conflict after the fact. Like, I didn't right. want to have to, like, deal with people like, you know, like what happened in the aftermath where people were like, you, you were wrong, blah, blah, blah. I just kind of was like, I never need to talk about this again. And now I feel like. I did myself a disservice and I'm ready. People are like, what? <laughs> what? We will. You so know what? We'll tell back you. back yeah. two weeks from now. Two We're going to tell some Thursday. secrets. We're it's time to, to tell some secrets, yeah, I think. Yeah, a couple skate secrets. How, yeah, secrets edition. I like it. I have, a, I have a bunch of stuff like that. Stuff in COVID, something COVID has done for me has made me realize how many people in my life I have protected and even when I was at treatment, they were like, one of my counselors who was intense, she was like, so you just like love to protect your abusers, huh? And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> but then later I was like, I do, I do. That's a, that was very astute. And like, I feel like in COVID, well, I- you know why for me, oftentimes I'm so embarrassed that I let people treat me the way that they treat me. Yeah. There is, I, I, that is an ownership thing where mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't let people know what actually happened because they will not, they will not be able to forgive me for how badly I let people treat me. 
Like yeah. people that I love, like that, that love me will say, how could you do that to yourself and let somebody treat you that bad? Yeah. And that's just a humiliation. You yeah. feel humiliation for letting people treat you so badly. Yeah, it's embarrassing. And I also, again, because of the codependent thing, I don't want my abusers punished in the way that I was mm-hmm. because I never like I never want anybody to be in any pain or hurt. So even when someone has done something terrible to me personally, I'm always like, you know what? I'll just keep it a secret, and that way you never have to deal with consequences. So you're welcome. And I always give them a, a pass because I find a reason why they behave that way. Yeah, like what pain have they endured? Exactly. You know, their dad didn't love them, and so that's why they're a horrible person yeah you know something like that Mm -hmm. i always justify it for them they don't ever have to justify it to me i find a reason yeah justify it for them yeah i always i feel like i i also like i i found um a lot of times i'm just kind of like i just want to always like let it go like i'm always just like let's just you know let it go let it go you know and it's like no like it's okay to hold on to something and be pissed for a while like it's okay like even after that fact you know when, when that incident happened, Jeff and I made that podcast about it and he was like ragingly mad and I was already like, forgive and forget. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, it's it had been 12 hours. Like, it's okay <laughs> to be mad for a day. You know, like I was all, and I think that's a tactic when you have been wronged or abused a lot of times in your life. If it's, it's so much easier to let things go than to stand up for yourself and be like, no, I'm going to make this hard for everybody for a minute, you know? And I definitely like COVID something in that has changed for me where I've just been like, Oh, I guess it's okay for other people to be uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Why shouldn't you be uncomfortable? You know? So, all right. With secrets edition, we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, sounds good. All right. Well, I think, I think this is, uh, this is a good one. I had a good time. It was so nice to see you. I was, I almost canceled because I was so, uh, feeling bleak. I'm but glad you didn't. Now I know I just come and feel bleak and then I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what we do is you feel a little bleak. You come, you sit in the shop. Uh, we feel a little better. We talk to however many people. We find out we're MILFs, you know. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All the good things in life. <laughs> All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. We were recording the whole time. You're welcome, Alex.